This is the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the internet and why. I'm Mike Hicks, Principal Solution Analyst with Thousand Ice. I'm joined today by Kamal, Principal Internet Analyst at Thousand Ice. Welcome, Kamal. How are you going? Thank you, Mike. It's good to be back on the Internet Report. Thanks for the invite. It's great to have you, mate. Always good to chat. Um, today, we're going to unpack the recent Quad9 BGP incident. Uh, and Quad9 is an open DNS recursive service that replaces your default uh uh, ISPs or enterprise DNS configuration. And why is this important? Well, when your computer performs any transaction that uses DNS, and most of them actually do as we go through from there, Quad9 effectively looks up and blocks the malicious host names. So it's obviously quite important if we actually sort of have an incident going across from there. So with that, let's dive in. So yes, Mike, what really happened is that uh, we got reports of uh, large spikes in packet loss when it comes to Cloud9's uh, service, right? And it looks like it affected um, several different large-scale ISPs such, or tier one providers for that matter, such as uh, Verizon. And wow. as you can see on the shared screen, uh, we have path visualization, 1000 ties path visualization, which essentially shows three different agents, Dallas, Texas, uh, from the perspective of Verizon, uh, Chicago, Illinois, from the perspective of the Verizon as well, and Los Angeles, uh, California, also uh, from the perspective of the Verizon. Now, Verizon is tier, tier, tier one provider, like they are quite big and large, but you can quite clearly see that somewhere around um, uh, 12, 15 UTC on Monday, December the 12th, uh, there was a significant spike in packet loss that actually uh, went on for quite extended period of time. And it uh, ended approximately around 1235, uh, sorry, 1335, 1340, uh, same day. Uh, however, uh, what you, as you can see, like when I'm hovering over the uh, path visualization uh, spike of the packet loss on the timeline, we are showing um, average values across quite large number of the agents that are assigned. Uh, to this particular mm -hmm. test. However, uh, if we focus on, uh, for example, on Chicago agent, we will see that <clears throat> actually the impact was quite significant. So from the agent dropdown list, if I type in Chicago, Chicago, so, and I so just the... just on that point, what we're saying there, Kamal, is that when we're looking at this view here, we're looking at a percentage there because that's averaged out across all the agents. It's, it's essentially uh, showing a lower percentage. But now when you've gone into Chicago, we're seeing it sitting up 100%. So, yeah. Exactly. Like you can quite clearly see that it was going to 100%, 90-something percent. And, uh, you know, it was pretty significant. Uh, now with the dark red color, we are seeing Chicago, Illinois uh, agent actually uh, having this large spike. And the same pattern goes for these other two agents in Dallas and uh, Los Angeles too. However, just before the event has started, so we are looking at the data point at around 1210 UTC on December the 12th, uh, we can quite clearly see that the path that we were taking goes from the Verizon uh, and then, uh, you know, down the line, traffic is still with the Verizon and ultimately somewhere down the path, they actually hand over traffic to Telia, which is again, one of the mm -hmm. tier one providers, autonomous system uh, 1299, uh, before the tra tra uh, traffic reaches 9999. Right. Uh, on the other side, when it comes to Chicago agent, we can see exactly the same pattern, except for the fact that actually traffic went to level three, uh, again, tier one provider with the autonomous number 3356. Right. So when the event has started, if we navigate towards the um, 
a loss on on the uh, path visualization. You can quite clearly see that even at at very start of the uh, event, uh, the packets uh, packet loss spiked to ninety two percent, which is pretty significant. Yeah. If you look at, the... and I think that's also quite significant because it was almost like a light switch that we see we go from zero or low right up to that ninety two ninety five, which is which is turned exactly. on, turned off. Exactly. Like it, it's going to have a profound impact on uh, whatever the service on the other side is. In this case, we know that it's a DNS ser service, but as you can quite clearly see, like essentially what really happened is that, you know, there was a lot, a lot of impact. And looking down the path, you know, you can quite clearly see that on, uh, on the path visualization, there were certain uh, cha changes uh, in the path. All of a sudden, like you can see that traffic is uh, all combined from all of these three agencies going through the France telecom or orange and even further down the line you can see that actually autonomous system uh, 3844 uh, which is liquid telecom essentially starts uh, dropping pretty much all of, all of the traffic now uh, it's quite interesting to see that you know uh, liquid telecom which is uh, based in congo actually attracted this traffic somehow right now even before we start speaking about that there are two things that i want to touch base first one is this purple line mike can you tell us a little bit about what these purple lines indicate on the on the path visualization yeah that's this interesting point so when we're seeing the purple lines what we're saying from that is we're looking at a network outage but this is coming to us from our collective intelligence system so this is where we're putting the test together and we're picking it up within internet insights to actually say there is some sort of picked up on a global perspective because impacting uh, sort of multiple people there. Well, okay, thank you. Thank you for providing more context into that. So I think the next interesting thing is actually to see how this event or how this spike in packet loss actually, uh, what, what is the effect that it had on the DNS server itself? So if mm -hmm. I click on the views for DNS server, while Chicago, Illinois uh, agent from the Verizon's perspective is selected, we can quite clearly see, uh, uh, you know, availability dips 100%. Like at, yeah. before the event, essentially uh, availability was 100%, you know, and uh, during the event, essentially the core function of uh, what the test is doing goes to 0%. There was intermittent spike in availability where it essentially uh, kind of recovered. But again, uh, you know, for complete duration of this event, essentially uh, the test was not able to do its job. And what it's doing is, you know, we are trying to resolve target domain of example.com using UDP for the A record using uh, Quad 9's uh, DNS server for you, which uh, provided already description for. So the next question, I guess, Mike you, is sorry, come what on. really happened. Yeah, sorry, come on. Before we get before that, before you dive into that, can you just explain a little bit there or expand a little bit? We're talking here about a DNS server test. So we're actually, and I think you've covered it just briefly there, but but a little bit of you know why this is important and just the reachability. So if we were looking at an HTTP server test, we might see a DNS failure, but this specifically tells us we're looking at a DNS server. Is that, is that right? Yes, that's correct. So essentially, why is this important? Uh, DNS uh, server stands for uh, domain name uh, system or the name, the, uh, the name, domain name service, right? And essentially, the fun function of this particular uh, service is to translate domain names to IP addresses, right? So what happens is whenever you type in google.com into your web browser or whenever you type in any uh, domain name for that matter in, inside of your web browser uh, to uh, view the page or get your resource or something like that, uh, one of the first things that's going to happen is essentially uh, 
translation of that uh, domain name into the IP address. You know, our computers, unfortunately, don't understand the concept <laughs> of uh, of domain names like Google.com, ThousandEyes.com, you know, Cloudflare or Quad9 for that matter does not really mean anything to, to our computers. But IP addresses that are behind these names uh, mean, means everything, right? So in order for a computer to establish a connection to that resource, it needs to translate it, which is essentially what it does. Good, the, like the zip code. And on my computer understands. I shout loudly at it and it understands. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So now, um, I mean, we saw that uh, on the path visualization, uh, there was this uh, pretty much profound impact on cool. on. Uh, on the pocket loss, right? From the pocket loss perspective, as part of which pocket loss really did spike quite a lot and it caused the, the uh, fundamental uh, functionality of the test itself to completely fail, right? Um, now, for that matter, like essentially all the people that were using uh, Quad9 uh, as their DNS uh, provider during this particular time that were affected by this. So for example, or all of these users in Verizon, for example, uh, would have mm. a problem translating their domain names to uh, IP addresses as part of which essentially they would not right. be able to use the internet, right? For that matter. So, but the real question here, uh, Mike, is uh, essentially what happened here. So if we click here yeah. onto the uh, BGP route visualization, uh, we can see that there were two different spikes uh, in the uh, path changes. So there was the one that happened here uh, approximately at uh, 12 o'clock, and we're going to get some more details about it. And then there was the one that probably was done uh, just at the end of the event itself. But let's dive yeah. in into what actually happened here. On the left-hand side here, we have a collection of what we called uh, BGP collectors, which are, which are essentially machines uh, deployed all around the world that are listening uh, all the updates from the BGP perspective, right? And the BGP is this uh, protocol, border gateway protocol is, you know, the protocol that makes internet possible. It's essentially a mechanism mm -hmm. um, uh, that, you know, network equipment uses to actually exchange information about the companies and the prefixes that they own. So if we now look at this particular um, collector, that was receiving certain messages and we click on show only this monitor to you know uh, kind of view uh, only what was happening from that perspective uh, we can see that there were certain events uh, would, would you mind taking us through this event mike yeah so so what we can see going on um, through here as you said we, we, we we've seen some sort of change some instigation and effectively what bgp is doing for us as you said is actually exchanges information Tell me how I get to it. So if you think of the internet as this collection of autonomous net, autonomous system networks, easy for me to say, it, it, this is where we're actually starting to see exchange that information. So as we look at this path where we see this change coming through from here, what we're starting to see is as we actually sort of, uh, the advertisements coming out, where we were going sort of straight into this downstream provider uh, uh, from here, from a Woody perspective, is we're actually now being diverted and we're actually being advertised out. We're seeing the best possible route for us to get through is to go uh, through this um, this uh, uh, Dominica, Dominican Republic of Congo uh, based ISP there, who's actually advertising the route out from there to actually get to there. So now we're taking this route. So we've changed from here, and now this is the best way that we're saying to get from this location into, or from this network, I should say, into um, the Quad9 environment. 
That, that's absolutely correct. And if you look at this, uh, it's actually quite easy to spot what was happening here. With mm. the dotted red line, we can see that this uh, there was a certain uh, withdrawal uh, in, in the effect, as part of which uh, connectivity between Budinet S42 and the Backspace technologies on the left-hand side essentially, uh, you know, got withdrawn. And in, instead, what's happening is that we are installing, you know, different path as part of which this particular ASN, uh, you know, starts advertising, uh, starts being actually upstream provider for uh, Woodynet, you know, ultimately mm -hmm. leading towards the liquid autonomous system uh, 38844, as part of which, you know, uh, we are speaking about the event that we called root leak. Now, Mike, there are two different types of events that we can speak uh, when it comes to this. The first one is uh, the first one is essentially um, route leaks, and they are hijacks, right? Uh, yeah. And easy distinction when it comes to uh, route leaks and hijacks are essentially what's the intent behind that, right? Uh, when it's Absolutely. malicious, when someone really tries to, you know. Uh, take over someone uh, traffic for someone's prefixes. Once they are maliciously advertising uh, uh, traffic towards the uh, uh, towards the internet, right? Um, then we are speaking about hijack. However, when it happens as a result of human error, configuration error, mechanisms, automation related errors, we are speaking about truth leaks. And while it's really hard to distinguish what really happened here, we are suspecting that this was. Um, just uh, you know, an error uh, as part of which we classify this event as a root leak. Yeah, I mean it's, it's easy to say, but but the the characteristics sort of change around from there. But but you said the malicious intent between a hijack and typically what you see within a hijack is that path maintained. You know, here we saw a complete loss of connectivity. We couldn't actually get to this service. What we've seen in hijack is is this diversion. Is exactly what the word says. What it says on the label. It hijacks it and it's going through this different area there for or, or to a different network, which for the malicious intent there. Exactly. And the other thing that I wanted to point out is that if you hover over the um, collector on the left-hand side and uh, you actually click on view details of the path changes, the thing that you can see quite love clearly this, here. I love this view. <laughs> exactly. Like you can actually see what was the initial path and we can see that the path was uh, originating ASN. Uh, then Woody SN and the target uh, uh, of the SN where our collector is essentially located. And then you can quite clearly see that at 12.13.01 UTC, with, so you, you're, what you're getting is exact, exact timestamp of the event when it happened. We can see that longer part, which is quite interesting as well, uh, gets uh, installed. Mm. You know, if you think about it, you know, um, BGP as a protocol prefers the shorter ASN pods. But in this particular case, you can see as a result of this uh, root leak, you know, the way that uh, prefixes were uh, advertised towards the rest of the internet, a longer pod got installed and traffic got diverted, right? So now, uh, now we see that actually, you know, uh, we see what was the contributing reason to 100% uh, packet loss that we were seeing in the path visualization for Chicago, Los Angeles, uh, and some other agents, right? Uh, and then we saw how all of that contributed to, you know, uh, service impact from the DNS server perspective. BGP was initially not designed with the uh, security as its guiding principle, which is unfortunate, right? And, you know, there are certain things that uh, 
over over the years, uh, certain companies and you know individuals tried to uh, push uh, you know as a best practices. One of the things that mm-hmm. uh, we need to speak about is RPKI or Resource Public Key, key Infrastructure. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit more about that, Mike? So yeah, so so the RPKI is a, is in in very simple terms is really do I trust these routes coming out from there? So I'm signing my routes. This is all my networks, my adverts, my prefixes are coming out from here. Uh, so they're authenticated effectively as you go through from there. And then you're also checking for those authentications coming in. So you're, these are trusted routes. These are trusted advertisements. You're allowed to ad- advertise these coming out from there. That's really in a nutshell. Exactly. And, you know, uh, before we started actually speaking about this event, I actually checked and Quad9 Quad uh, as a company, they actually sign all of their prefixes, which means that, you know, if the companies uh, or their upstream providers that actually let this happen um, were enforcing RPKI verifications or filtering, uh, you know, as part of which, you know, if you are not the owner of, uh, um, if you are not the, you know, if you are advertising something that you are not signing, uh, they would have dropped you. And, you know, even though they, had them signed the company substream companies in this particular case the liquid asn who uh, propagated this further right uh, unfortunately did not filter the advertisement as a result of which we see what we see now you know it's kind of uh, uh, funny to see you know uh, during the preparation for this school i was actually checking some of the prefixes from the liquid asn right and it's yeah. really interesting that the, themselves all of your prefixes are uh, also uh, signed with the rpki which means that they want to get the benefits of the rpki however they are not filtering uh, prefixes themselves so you know they are saying you know we see what's the benefit in in using uh, rpki yeah. but we ha- still haven't decided to actually take that step as part of which we are going to filter uh prefixes that belong uh, to someone else right We're it's not, like last missing step right uh but, the other thing is like this goes to speak about uh you know other things such as uh, improper filtering so for example mm-hmm. you know many companies um uh you know even before you end up peering with them are gonna have really strict requirements to have your old prefixes in uh, peering database, for example, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. As part of which, you know, if it's not in there indicated with real, correct objects and stuff like that, you know, there are these certain rules there. Um, you know, they are not going to even um, accept uh, your advertisements. So if the prefix is not explicitly on the list of prefixes that you should be advertising, they are just going to filter you, you know, which goes to say that, you know, um, operational uh, practices could be improved. And thankfully, there is this thing called mutually agreed norms for routing security or manners for short, uh, which actually lists all of these best practices and operational uh, practices that companies should follow. And, you know, companies such as Cloudflare and others on the internet are doing really good job of, uh, you know, making sure that uh, participation a year over year gets better, that, companies join but i think there's still a long way to go yeah absolutely so so in, in on that that thing there i mean um quad nine did a pretty good job i think of actually letting us know what was going on they were quite transparent about saying what was coming out from here and i think to your point they're actually sort of pushing the manner of stuff there as well and, and saying 
this is what we want to do around around from there. But it, it, it's an up, uh, uphill battle, I guess, in, in trying to get sort of everybody on board uh, to do that. Yeah, it's going to take time. The thing is, like, uh, as we said, uh, the when BGP was designed, security wasn't their the guiding yeah. principle, right? So uh, having a security as the aftertote, which we saw even in, in coding practice and stuff like that, always tends to be a really hard thing to do, right? So because it's opt-in, we kind of get to see the negative effects of uh, things such as root leaks and hijacks from time to time. Now, uh, if I go back here and I, if I click on the path visualization, uh, Mike here, uh, we briefly spoke about these purple lines on the timeline, right? Yeah. So uh, actually our internet insights uh, also captured this event. Could you actually take us through what was happening here? Yeah, this is this is really cool. I, I like I like this view here, and we, we we come into there. So as we said up front, is when we're looking at those purple swim lines there, it's actually identifying. In this case, we had a network outage. Um, so although we're looking at sort of a smaller duration, you can see it started at the same sort of time. So what we're looking at from here is we're looking at sort of subset of agents. You can see in the middle again where we have that um, uh, the autonomous system there is 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 this is where we're having this uh, outage there. And from an Internet Insights perspective, a network outage determines 100 percent packet loss across a number of tests. Like I said, to have an impact themselves. Thanks. So if you drill into that from there, what we can actually go down to is to start to see specifically where those interfaces were actually uh, um, pulling that information from, sorry, where the interface is actually stopping, where we start to see that forwarding loss occur from there. And we can see all of these are occurring within the, uh, the the liquid telecoms environment there. We can actually start to see that. And if you look across to the right-hand side, we can actually then start to see the impacted customers. So we can see the likes of Quad9 uh, coming down from there and then their downstream provider. Yeah, great. Well, come on. I love this. I love this view. I spend my life in Internet Insights. So essentially what we're actually looking from here is we're saying, as I said up front, that blue, a purple swim lane there indicates we had a network outage. We see we've gone across from there. What we're looking at there is the actual interfaces impacted. So that, that red block up there tells the inter interface impacted. And if we drill into there, we can actually see the location. So we're seeing here where the forwarding loss was actually occurring here and down to the interface name. So we're seeing that in Liquid Telecom's environment there. And we actually got the interface names. Um, this is all public domain information. You're also seeing where we're actually impacting the, the downstream customers. In this case, the Quad9 and the WoodyNet, who happens to be their downstream peer, would actually come into there. That's pretty awesome. Uh, the other thing that's quite uh, important uh, to notice is actually having the real uh, visibility into this, uh, you know, whether it's from the Internet Insights perspective or whether it's from the pod visualization, BGP alerts and stuff like that. I would say it's a... Uh, crucial thing to have right uh and not only uh, you know visibility comes uh, you know and kind of like importance is uh self-evident in this particular case but also having capability to alert in in a timely manner about the, these events and having the ability to have your nre network reliability engineering teams or devops teams or sres depending on how your organization is running or just regular operations team having dashboards views of these uh, events in my opinion is really important absolutely you can't overstress the visibility across from there you know a picture paints a thousand words i've said this on this podcast a number of times i'm a very simple person i like to look at a picture was going on and we can see very clearly what was happening from here from that macro view down into the micro view to see how it's impacting me going across from there and, and all of that you know if we, we talked about it briefly the, the concept between um the route leak versus the route hijack uh, uh, from there, understanding that path, you know, simply do I have a high loss rate, but it might even be just be a latency increase because I'm going through 17 different hops now because of the way my network's been advertised. 
And just visualizing that straight away, you can see where I'm going. So I can do two things. I can start to mitigate my service, uh, sorry, mitigate the problem by taking another action, re my prefix or whatever it happens to be, or I can plan for the future to get around that. So this is not going to happen to me again by splitting my prefixes or, or whatever. And that's actually quite a good point. In this particular case, if you look at the uh, BGP route visualization, and for example, if you focus on to, uh, uh, this particular monitor, right, you can actually see that mm. the operator was uh, advertising uh, slash 94, right? So 24, having... slash 24. Yeah, exactly, slash 24, uh, which is really important, right? If you think about it, that's the... Uh, uh, smallest prefix is going to be uh, uh, accepted on, on the public internet, which means that, you know, pod nines hence were tied when it comes to what they could do from the traffic engineering perspective, right? So having mm -hmm. visibility, uh, you know, which seems that they had by, to be perfectly honest, like, but, but having visibility is crucial, right? So for example, in this particular case, given the fact that your hands are tied from the traffic engineering perspective, the only thing that you can potentially do is pick up your phone and call the provider and and tell them right like this is this is yeah. you know you are doing this to me like and this is affecting my you know uh, uh reputation my revenue and everything that goes with it so you know this again stresses the importance of having visibility you know um yeah and you know you already outlined that point and i i could not agree anymore yeah and it's visibility in real time or visibility you know we, we've seen this immediately was happened we talked about the light switch moment when it goes on and off if I'm relying on even an update from Twitter or an update um, at a status page, I'm essentially going to be behind the eight ball. I'm going to be looking, whereas I can immediately see it. And the, the 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 benefit to that is for future occurrences, I can have some automated process that's going to kick in. You know, as we've seen across a number of customers over a number of years. Exactly. Uh, Mike, it's been my pleasure speaking to you about this event. I think like we uh, uncovered what really went on here. Um, Thank you so much. No, it's always my pleasure, mate. Again, I can I, we can we could talk for hours, and um, we can see people sort of trying to wrap it up. Uh, but that's good. So that's our show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you do subscribe, we'll send you a free T-shirt. Just drop a note to Internet Report at ThousandEyes.com with your address and T-shirt size, and we'll get that straight over to you. Thanks very much. <laughs>